0: Uh, I got into a fight with a bus driver. We wrestled in the front of the bus while the rest of the bus was. (laughs) You are now listening to Good, Bad, or Bullshit
1: Hello and welcome to Good, Bad or Bullshit, the podcast where three guys offer their unlimited opinion on a variety of topics every week. Um, coming at you this week with the same hosts as last week, and you know what? The same hosts as the week before. I'm Crofton Steers, and I am one of said hosts, along with my two co-panelists. Co-panelist number one is Bo Schwartz. Hello, Bo.
0: Hello, Crofton. Hello, GBB listeners. Here to do some panelizing.
1: And uh, joining Bo and myself in studio is panelist number two. Um, That is Michael Hodgins. Michael, how are you?
2: Good evening, gentlemen and uh, listeners. It it would be uh, interesting to be on a panel at uh, some point. You know, like an actual panel, offering someone who respected your opinion and wanted you there.
1: Maybe at one point, our podcast will be so well known that we will be brought in as celebrity panelists.
0: That'd be sweet, like on the CBC.
1: Yeah, well, yeah. Well, I don't, I I don't think any of them have much credibility. I want to be
0: via satellite
1: from my apartment.
2: I think more like at a conference. You know, you go, so, someone's having a conference on something, and okay, you're the, yeah. you're a panelist. Yeah. I guess you have to be an expert. In Speaking
1: a panelist, you know, I I was actually listening to these because you got to be kind of reflective on these, on the when you when you do a podcast, you got to listen to yourself and you got to see are there ways that I could be better? Are there ways that I could sort of voice my opinion more more effectively? And I realized that I have a couple of. Um, Things that I say that I'm going to try and not say. I I, I know we all have these sort of little things. Like uh, in my case, I will often preface a statement when we're in a conversation with with yeah no. I'm not sure if longtime listeners have ever noticed that. <laughs> yeah, I will say yeah no yeah no, and then I start talking. Like it's not like a positive or a negative. It's just a it's a thing that I do. It's a talking it's l- thing,
0: like filler sounds. Yeah,
1: it's filler. A filler. It's filler and. Unlike fillers like like and uh and all that that are delivered kind of mid-sentence where you're formulating your thoughts, for me, it's right off the top of a, uh, of a sentence. And that's why I find it, it's, it's more of a habit than anything and I really got to get out of doing it. And so I'm going to try and make it through this podcast without <laughs> saying, yeah, no. All right. Uh, it, uh, and. <laughs> it, and, and if I do, you guys need to buzz me. All
0: right, we're gonna yeah, buzz we, you. We, yeah, no, yeah, no. I, that's what we're gonna do. Yeah, <laughs>
1: it's funny,
2: but yeah, yeah, no. It reminded me. I met this guy one time. I was on a ski trip in Revelstoke, and we met this guy who, well, he may have been. I don't want to say homeless, but he was this <laughs> sort of sketchy fellow. We met him out front of some convenience store, and he started every sentence with the word "fucking." So, which uh, <laughs> which is was sort of a glossed over "fucking," and he was so he would be like fucking snow's coming down good eh and you'd be like yeah the snow is coming down good fucking yeah lots every (laughs) sentence it was impressive (laughs) it was (laughs) yeah like it's it's sort of anyways yeah don't turn to that i'd stick with your yeah no
1: yeah well oh oh, it's close uh, so close so close close. i I got so excited oh my god yeah well it's gonna be an experiment this episode (laughs) it's so, definitely we, hard to do is what i was going to say and if i did say fucking all the time we would have to have one of those explicit content e's next to our show in the <laughs> itunes store do we have I, one that would of those give us more yeah we are cred. we are
0: I, we are rated explicit because we oh do occasionally God. drop the f bomb
1: well i'm going to drop it way more fucking often
0: no whoa
2: <laughs> it's a new filler word okay let's let's get to this experiment of crofton's say, not right. saying yeah no Okay. Yeah. And do what okay, we so I'm with do, the, right?
0: Which is random topicing.
2: Random topic. The machines <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I think you guys should come up with your own things next week, so I'm not the only one getting buzzed. <laughs> I,
0: I like it when Mike starts it but also speaks at the same time. <laughs> it's
2: always interesting. I get ahead of myself. Um the um the topic today is activism. Oh, It's kind of an interesting one. I was thinking about activism just recently. There's this, um, I mean, I'll give an example to maybe help define it. But in British Columbia, there is a pipeline being proposed to go through towards Vancouver from, I don't know, somewhere, Alberta probably. And Kinder Morgan, this uh, U.S. company who... Uh, owns the pipeline or wants to expand it is drilling through Burnaby Mountain and it's been this ongoing thing and there's been activists there who have been protesting, blocking the workers' access and eventually there's now been uh, the courts uh, have got involved and said no, Kinder Morgan has access and these activists have still been there protesting because they think that it is um, infringing on this uh, sensitive ecological area and uh, so they've been making political statements about it and being arrested in as a form of protest. So I was just I'd read some big thing about that the other day. And I feel like that kind of sums up activism. It's it's people often grassroots who are um, taking a stand against something and and, giving a shit. A little, yeah, well, and it's often, there's often a bit of civil disobedience, though often it's very, or often it's not even civil uh, disobedience. It's just showing up with, say, placards, being, uh, showing your presence, trying to get support and voice your disapproval, usually about something that's happening. So pro- protesting is often uh, what activists
1: do. And it's funny because that example you gave is when I think of like, you know, stereotypical activism, I always think of like somebody chaining themselves to a giant tree while a pipeline is going through, you know, being like, you will not get through here. Like that on Arrested Development, that guy, uh, Johnny Bark or something like that, uh, where he, he, he You know, lives up in the tree so that they won't cut it down for the development.
2: For sure, for sure, the environmental activists are the stereotypical ones, often with like dreadlocks and hemp woven clothing and that sort of thing. Uh, They're definitely the stereotype. But there seems like there's a lot going on. I mean, right now in uh, Ferguson, is it Missouri? Is that where? No. Illinois. Anyways, I'm not sure. Anyways, down near St. Louis where uh, – is it Michael Brown? Was that his name? The boy, the teenager who was
1: shot? Oh, yeah. Um, yes.
2: So there's been protests going on there and those who say, well, those are civil rights activists uh, who are still you know fighting against the sort of double standard or the uh, situation between uh, vis- uh, minorities in the states and sort of abuse of power by uh, police officers. So they're, they're activists. It, uh, it- but it is, but not in the sort of tree hugger sense.
1: It is funny though because uh, like knowing when knowing Mike your political leanings when when I hear both those examples you gave me are probably active activists that you would you know support their positions for the most part. Whereas whereas um, when you said activist and you pulled activism out, the first ones I thought of were um, were on Sparks Street in Ottawa where we live. There is this uh, group of activists that have been there pretty much as long as I've been in the city. And they are there every day uh, and they have these panels against abortion. Uh, and they are just like um, – they have like – when I say panels, I mean like posters with fetuses and all sorts of stuff on it. And they're just like every day as workers are going in, uh, to the Parliament Hill or or into stores, they're, they're like chanting with these – Panels with dead babies and fetuses in, in well, your face you, or whatever.
2: You know that also there, there's an abortion
1: clinic right there. So the, those oh, I did not know that. Yeah, that that's that makes more they, sense now.
2: <laughs> that's where they set up. Well, well, I mean, it makes more sense. But I mean, they're 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 uh, activists um, against choice, I suppose, or pro-lifers or whatever. But yes, they're definitely activists. But yeah, I think they're there to like shame. I, I just want to tell a funny, anecdote, well, sort of funny anecdote about abortion activists because I saw someone on the street the other day. Um, and I was in my car and I just noticed them out of the corner of my eye, and I kind of didn't think much of them. They had those big placards, and this big truck had stopped next to me, like a giant, one of those like rigged tow trucks. And then the door opened, and this guy got out, this burly looking, sort of bearded, sort of stereotypical truck driver. And I was like, oh, I wonder why this guy's getting out. And then he literally ran after the 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 protesters and was kicking at them and chasing them down the street and like this is just in mid traffic and i was like oh i guess he doesn't like the um, the pro-lifers very much it was it was just funny it happened like just on the side of the street he blocked traffic and was chasing these guys around it was uh humorous so,
0: so he was upset about the like he disagreed or just there sense of yeah so he
2: clearly doing? he took he held the opposite position and and i guess this is the thing with activism is it it can be almost any issue uh, but one where – I mean there, there could be – you can have activists on both sides of the same issues both out protesting at the same place against each other. Uh, but but I mean it, it comes back to the, our definition of this is it being on the ground, demonstrating, showing your support or lack of support for something um, and it's often grassroots I think is one of the – But
0: isn't it a little more than that? Like, like if I um- – you know i if, if i'm if i'm like against i don't know i think what we need to raise awareness about global warming we need to change our business practices in order to address this concern for humanity um being of the opinion that i'm in support it that's not activism right that's just like having coming to a conclusion and espousing a belief as opposed to acting because when i think of the word activism it's like it's it's the word active with ist <laughs> and uh, you know so i'm like i feel like a necessary quality of activism is taking action so perhaps i don't know making a podcast that's all about uh global warming and blah 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 and spreading the word could be considered activism because maybe i'm taking action and telling the world about it whereas just holding that opinion isn't right like does that make sense like it's, it's, it's yeah, you have to no, take I, action I, I, I think to be an. Hi, you I, said
1: it you you yeah, said absolutely.
0: it it doesn't count for me though.
1: <laughs> t- no, Mike said it. Mike oh. said, "Yeah, no, right there." All right. Maybe- oh, uh, yeah, but I
2: don't have a problem with. Maybe it. we wow! all do it.
1: There you go.
0: You
2: get a um, sound. Yeah, I'm sure that we all do. But what I was just going to say about, uh, aside from the "yeah, no" thing, <laughs> but I think you're right, Bo. I think that the act, the activity, the action portion of it is what separates an activist from just someone who holds, uh, who holds view. And uh, and I feel like I often like a, a lot of those things. Uh, we mentioned earlier like environmental activism like i'm a i would say i'm a supporter of those activists in that i might share their viewpoints but it's rare that i will go to uh you know on one of these protests or risk arrest like um, take
0: deliberate action
2: right i think it's it's moving beyond just holding a viewpoint and taking action on it i i guess the question is uh and you know part of our discussion is is this an effective way to enact change uh is it useful does it work? All those things.
1: Uh, yeah, it, that's and that's a good point. Like, uh, is it useful? Does it work? Because I'm also like I have certain beliefs, but rarely do I go out and be active about said beliefs, right? And and I mean, drawing the line of when activism starts can be kind of tough because you know you could you could at at your job make some sort of effort for them to reduce paper. Uh, paper usage and be more electronic uh, because it cuts cost at the uh, at work and it also you're interested in protecting the environment. Does that make you an activist or is that you just being more practical at your job? You know, probably a bit of both. It's and and that's what's uh, that's what's difficult about ascertaining uh, when it starts or when it ends. I just know that for the for a large part, I thought that activism like. The, the the kind that we talked about earlier, the kind of like chaining yourself to to a tree or, or going to big protests or going to it was really essentially an ineffective way of 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 um, having change done. But uh, but recently I've sort of changed my tune on that, and that's because I I've, I've seen a, a, I work a, a, a for a government department and a federal government department, and we had a large spread. Um, Uh, protests a couple of years ago or maybe last year called idle no more they made news pretty much around the the world, but it's particularly here in Canada, about uh, First Nations peoples sort of coming together in protests and saying, like, demanding change on certain issues. And I know, uh, as an insider in the government, uh, that that those protests led to a lot of sort of policies and a lot of uh, things being revisited and re looked at and that sort of thing. So, in the end, that activism led to, has led to change and it's sometimes difficult to sustain that type of momentum. But uh, prior to that, I had not really seen any sort of protests or um, uh, th- things of that nature that I felt led to really, really concrete change. If anything, like um, social media and and conversation on the internet seems to – like if there's a huge outcry on the internet, it seems to do be more effective than like – hundred people getting together at an oil refinery and saying shut this place down, you know, like wow. it feels like it's the new no, activist they, place. That I think they go together.
0: That's like, but that, it's like the, the Twitter activism. Like I think one of the key things you always hear in anything, whether or not it's clearly labeled as activism or falls within that within that model of of activism against maybe an injustice or something, is the term raising awareness, which I hate, but have to admit that. That's really what you're doing. I just, for some reason, I don't like those the confluence of those words together. But, but what you what you really need to do, like in your case, Crofton, and we are talking about the the first this First Nations issue is that if you don't acknowledge that something is a problem, then nothing is being done to fix it. And I think the biggest challenge when we're talking about marginalized groups, we're talking about um, important issues that people are conveniently tucking under the rug, is to make it. Um, some, uh, something worthy of debate, and the first step is to, you know, put it in front of people, and to continue putting it in front of people uh, until they they listen. And I think I think that's where maybe you know some less worthy activism causes sort of fall by the wayside and lose interest. But I mean that again, that's not necessarily for for uh, an individual to judge, because I'm sure there are very important issues that do fall by the wayside. Now that I think of it, but the idea is that you You can't get anything done alone, you know nobody's an island, so you need to have buy in from all kinds of people in order to affect the kinds of changes that you're campaigning for in your society so i think I think that like the internet is where that comes in because that distributes messages very quickly
2: but the internet like it's i think it's a it's a tool to organize and <clears throat> I think it, you know if you look at the Arab Spring and all of those uh which were political activists um you know social media was always upheld is but it, it, it's not like social media did it it was the tool by which all those people were connected and i'd say idle no more uh was a similar similar thing um and i should point out that i actually marched with idle no more uh, a year ago or was it two years ago <laughs> so I, I think that because i now i realize i'm like oh, i have been to a few things uh, and i went there sort of passively to watch the march and then uh, and i'm a, I'm a big supporter of Supporter of First Nations uh, rights in this country, and then people, uh, First Nations people, were like, "Join us!" You know, we're looking for allies, and i and I'm consider myself an ally, so I marched with them, and I, and I went to Parliament Hill, and I've done that a few times with Idle No More and the Occupy thing as well. I had gone down there for a few things, but mostly I just I, I don't feel like I'm a vocal activist like some are. I'm just sort of I often will add my presence to the um which is a form of participation in
0: activism well yeah it's like so
2: there's all these and i think that's the thing with activism there's all these levels so uh, back to the first nations issue there was a chief i think was theresa spence and she was on hunger strike for a long time so that's like something you can do personally that can raise a lot of awareness as you as the term you said but because someone is taking like they're like i might kill myself because of this but it's that important to me um you might be an organizer you might be someone who gives speeches or you might just be someone who's like well i'm just going to show up and add my presence to this statement because those numbers um and and so having been to a few of these things and back to its effectiveness i still am a bit mixed on it because though you know crofton said like the government did hear uh, you know some of these things and 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 maybe did react a bit and i think that's often that happens i feel like more often it's easy to ignore those types of things. And living in the capital country, um, and I work close to the Parliament Hill, there are protests and people down there with placards and signs quite often. And it mostly, you know, it's like they're just out there with this, no one's paying attention. And I think that's often the thing with activism is that it can just easily be ignored. People just say, oh, it's another bunch of those it, people on the fringe. Or
1: whatever. Yeah, it's true uh, about... wait. No, I didn't say it. Okay, I'm good. Uh, Yet... Yeah, <laughs> It, it's true about about that sustained activism is what often yields results because I don't know more. It, for lack of a better term, has kind of petered out, reignited, petered out, that sort of thing. But it had a moment that did not sustain itself in terms of uh, uh, of longevity of outcry. It's the same Mike mentioned with the Occupy movements, where which were everywhere for a while, but in the end didn't lead to any sort of systematic change because first of all, there wasn't a particular focus of message, but uh, secondly, it just kind of uh, petered out at one point, and and I think that um, it's so hard to have t- to to enable change in our current society that you kind of need like a sustained e- effort, and it's difficult for acti- activism to sometimes sustain itself, especially in this kind of ADD world we live in, where everybody moves on to the next thing, the ne- next hashtag, right? Um, but uh, I do I do think that. Um, um, I do think that activism is important. What annoys me about it, I guess, um, are the activists. Uh, and, and <laughs> so
0: like, then you don't it, like activists. <laughs> people who care about things. No, it's <laughs> because,
1: it's because it, the activists, like, it's not, and it's not everyone, but it, if you care enough about something, okay, to go out and, and protest or or you know make it make a big deal and that sort of thing and 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 try and, and enact change, then it's because you've made up your mind about that thing, right? Like you are, this is I've made up my mind and I am not interested in hearing anything that is going to change my opinion on this subject matter. Like it's I made up to my mind to the point that I am now. You know, going to do something about it. And like this show, we sit down with three people. We have three separate opinions, often overlapping, whatever, about different topics. We talk about them. Sometimes we change each other's opinions. Sometimes we don't. Uh, But I just feel like like activists are people who have like taken their opinion to that next level to enable change, which is admirable. But – that makes them, therefore, less open to having a conversation or to understanding where other people are coming from. Not everybody, just more more likely, right? And, and that's I've I've been in sort of arguments or conversations with activists before that I have found to be very frustrating because I feel that they don't listen to what I'm you know my, what I'm saying because they've already got their point of view sorted out.
2: Yeah, I well, think I mean I I sort of agree and disagree with the the sort of the way you characterize them i think it's it's often true in that they are entrenched in a position <clears throat> and um but uh, i i think i think largely the issue with it is it, but there's also you have to say with activists there's off, off there's most often passion involved so Those people care about an issue. They may have a set opinion on it, but they are passionate about it. They feel that it is very important. And I think that that's what that's contrasted with and why I think um, activism is questionably effective is because to a large degree, the mainstream is mostly apathetic about most everything. So um, activists are people who have, you know, decided on one thing decided it's important and are passionate in taking action about it. And most people don't care. Uh, and, and that's and that's the issue with it because those are the people you need to c- to convince if you're an activist. It's not really the politicians. It's sort of the mainstream because where you can see these when these things have been effective, it's because they have you know gained critical mass of people. So if you think of the civil rights movements in the states. Quite effective, but there was a lot of people involved. Or if you think of Gandhi and in India bringing down the British Empire with, through civil disobedience and protests and marches, because there were lots of people involved. But I think activism—the reason it fails—is because of the apathy of the mainstream on most of these issues. So that if you talk most of these issues, people are like, "Well, you know, uh, whatever," and they don't—they don't care, or they aren't engaged in it. And, and I feel like that's an issue of our time is widespread apathy. Um, and that, and that activists should be at least credited for having passion about, you know, whatever issue it is, whether you agree with it or not, they're at least willing to get out there and try to do something to change. Whereas most of us, uh, and I'd say myself included for a lot of these things are pretty, you know, just sit on our laurels and say, well, that's the way it is. And, uh, and that's kind of unfortunate because change rarely happens. There,
0: there, there's apathy, but there's also, um, you know, just to, to, to go on what what Crofton was saying about how, you know, they're, they tend not to listen and they tend to be entrenched in their own point of view. And I think the same can be said sometimes from individuals who sit on the opposite side. If you recall, we did an episode about recycling where I was like, completely dead set against recycling and you both thought it was absolutely absurd. And it wasn't that it was, yeah, you were wrong about
2: that. Yeah. And
0: it wasn't, <laughs> it isn't that I, that I'm, I'm apathetic about it. It's that perhaps I'm entrenched in what may arguably or objectively be an ignorant point of view. Um, but I'm entrenched in it. And so, so I think issues become polarizing when, you know, we, we talk, have the pro choice conversation. It's not that, I mean, some people are apathetic, but I think most people would, you know, boil down to having an opinion if it really came down to it. And I think there are people on either side of the issue that are entrenched. And one of the hardest things to do is to, is to, is to change the way a person thinks like you, you talk about you know raising awareness uh, like some people won't acknowledge that there are really still you know women's issues like uh, that they're still second class cis- citizens you know some some genuinely would believe that that's not the case and so you're not in, in some activist endeavors it's not even apathy or lack of resources or interest it's that you know there there is a there is a there's a power there's a there's, there's it, you feel small in light of these things. Like the system definitely is, you know, favorable to men in that particular case. So I feel like yeah, that's I why mean, they're irritating because because they're, it's almost like a fight, and they're tr- they're trying not to make it a fight, but it is a fight for your hearts and minds in a way. On some areas. and apathy. But you, but
1: you, yeah, go ahead. And apathy is is um, I'll, I'll make it quick, but again, apathy is just like it It is a problem it's not a problem in everything like political apathy, but apathy generally generally not all the time stems from satisfaction uh like being being that like their lives are uh are such that they're good enough that they or or that they're happy enough that they don't feel the need to involve themselves with these individuals issues and, and and that's dangerous obviously because it's it's not it's not caring about others and such but like a lot of activists are are you know the most prominent activists are protesting for either uh, specific groups of people or things that are happening in specific areas in, in that and so sometimes it's difficult to get people outside of those areas to care because they are apathetic but that apathetic uh, being apathetic about that stuff is is sometimes just a sign that that they are happy with their lives and they don't need to think about that i'm not i'm not defending it i'm just saying like it it's, we're, we're, when you use the example of like Gandhi in India. There's probably a lot of people, and that's that were being affected by British rule. That were that were sick of it, and it's not just like a segment of the population.
2: Well, I, I mean, I would I would I think that, it, and I think you, at the start of your statement, you you said you know not all apathy stems from that people are content because I feel like I'm apathetic about a lot of things, and that and that for me. Often stems from a feeling of despair is probably a strong word. Helplessness is a better word. Where I feel apathetic about a lot of things that I could be, you know, more of an activist on because I feel like, well, uh, I know the way our political system works and they're not going to change. So, for example, like our there's a lot of there's activists about trying to get say proportional representation in in Canada, and I'm apathetic about that. Not because I'm satisfied with the current system, but because I feel helpless that it will change. So I don't get involved because I'm just like, well, what's the point? I think that's a lot of people are like apathy comes from that as well. And one other point I wanted to make about the sort of reaction to activists, and I think this is kind of a human nature thing, Uh, because activists are, and Bo, you point out, like it's like a it's it is a fight. You know, often they're trying to come at it you know calmly and peacefully but really they're coming out in there and they're making a the bold statement about something and i feel like it's sort of human nature that if someone comes up to you and is even somewhat aggressive in stating some something whatever it is to you or at you, I think it's sort of human nature to become defensive. Um, in that, if someone comes up to me and says, "This needs to change," blah blah blah, and goes on a, a rant about something, you might be like, "Whoa, buddy!" You know. Well, uh, and then you, you might just—I I think knee jerk is often to to try to counter what an activist is saying just because they they come off aggressive. So, and I think that's maybe part of the problem with 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 activism is that we often don't hear the message because of the way it's presented. Um and and it you know often as people are angry during say protests and they and they turn into riots and then everyone and then people are just like, oh, they dismiss them. Um they, they dismiss the message or whatever because of what happened at a, a given protest. They don't, you know, read the anger that was involved or the passion those people had where they just felt helpless and lashed out. They just think, <clears throat> "Well, now they feel defensive because of the way these people have acted." And and I think that that's it's part of you know the defensiveness of the mainstream of just being like you know whoa hold on buddy you're coming off too strong here
0: yeah i think i think that you're right that human nature is such that if anyone tells you what to think you need to assert your your autonomy and your identity and you can't feel like you're being told what to do and it's funny because i think the people that have a monopoly on on controlling your behavior are are the very things that you'd like to be activists against like corporations that have all your personal information, uh, who tailor advertising to you uh, without your consent, you know, stuff like that. Um, it, it's just I feel that the world is has become small, and in a way we've also become smaller. So I, I wonder if that apathy that we're talking about is um, a generational thing where, you know, because I feel like like definitely, like my parents and the generation I know certainly are not apathetic about anything. they might have you know stupid views <laughs> on some things, but they've got strong views on pretty much everything. where I find my reaction, Mike to you is like, yeah, I guess global warming is an issue. I hope someone does something about that without really thinking um it's like it's our world and and we're coming of age, you know, we're in our thirties, like it, there's nothing stopping us from making that difference and acting, essentially. So, um, you know, I, I I wonder if that apathy thing is, like, generational for us, that we're just like, well, someone on Facebook will take care of it. Uh, yeah. Well, I,
2: I do think, and, and some of these just, like, like, I, I have to always, you know, I'm sure we're, we're getting close to verdicts here, and the, um, um, I have to always say, like, I respect activists, because often what they're trying to tackle are huge issues, and I think climate change is one we've, we've mentioned a few times, uh, uh, during this, during this debate, uh, is, but it's such a large issue to tackle. It's so large. What needs to happen for, for us to address climate change is, you know, if, if we look in the nuts and bolts of it, the amount of cultural change, societal change, personal change at, at, at an individual level that needs to happen. It's almost just like that it's it seems insurmountable to the point where they keep talking about these targets and we're not going to meet them. So uh, you know, oftentimes you think of these activists as like they're out there being like, "But we need to do this," and and you have to respect them for that. But whereas I think most people being like, "Well, you know, it's it's too hard," you know. And I feel like sometimes the passion it, it comes from idealism, and I think that no matter what side of an issue activists fall on, they're often idealists and. I think you know, we, we probably need more idealists in the world, people who are willing to take those stands. The, I guess problem, the problem is because you can have activists on any side of an issue, you end up just having a lot of conflict, and conflict is kind of at the root of what activism is, I suppose.
0: Well, some things don't have definitive answers. Some things are just a general agreement about how we're going to treat each other and, and you know, how we're going to make our own environment. Um, are you guys ready to
1: to deliver a verdict on the issue? Yes, sir. Let's do it. Do you have a gavel ready at your disposal to skew up the verdicts?
0: All right, the <laughs> gavel of official verdict delivering has been hit
2: three times. All right, sweet. Uh, I'll go first this time. I feel like I – okay. And I find this kind of a difficult one. I mean, I've enjoyed our discussion. And as we're talking about it, I feel like I'm flip flopping in my head about this. (laughs) I think, you know, we talked about. its potential to to enact change uh, also it's often failures at enacting change the way that the people who do this uh, who who are activists are perceived by the mainstream mainstreams apathy, all these types of things. It's very complex uh so to to try to rate like activism as a thing, I think I have to come down on bullshit. <laughs> And it saddens me to, to have to come to that to that conclusion because in my heart, I think I sort of have activist, activist leanings. And like I said, I've participated in a few and would in other. And I'm a person who feels like we need major changes in a lot of – Areas of our society, and I'm ready for those changes. But I guess I have that element of activism, uh, or not activism, apathy, I suppose. (laughs) Where I'm just like, well, you know, it's too hard, or what can you do? Um, So that idealism that those actors, I really respect. But the reason I said bullshit is because it just comes off often so much as hot air, and and I think often because it doesn't go far enough. And I think the 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 point beyond activism is revolution. And that's probably what we need to really enact a change. And if you think of, I mentioned, you know, Gandhi in India, like that was really a revolution. And the Arab Spring, those types, you know, those those boiled past activism into revolution. And that's often where real change comes when you can get the mainstream involved. And activism itself is often a fringe activity. And because of that, I got to say, ah, it's bullshit. I'm happy people are doing it on all sides of the issue and that we live in a society that allows it. But – really it's kind of it's sort of a, a lot of hot air often so bullshit yeah um
1: i will go and uh it's it's funny because um there's a lot of my, what mike said about his opinion mine did the same plus my brain really hurts from not saying yeah no the whole time uh <laughs> but uh but it's it bounced everywhere my but it I I thought, I thought, okay, I really dislike activists sometimes, but then I think about like these countries that disallow activism and why you would like there's a lot of criticism right now about sort of electoral processes in russia uh, even at the municipal level and stuff and how how things are run and how, people's rights to assemble and this sort of thing and and um you realize when you do a podcast like this when you pull out a topic you think to you're you think to yourself, what would life be like if this was either not allowed in my country or didn't exist period or whatever, would life be better, worse, the same? Um, last week we did rap, clearly life would be better if rap wasn't around. Um, but uh, but but in the case in the case of uh, in the case of activism I, I recognize that I live. I'm I'm blessed. I'm wealthy, and I live in a great country. Uh, so while I have issues, you know, Mike mentioned about hi- him wanting changes and and being too apathetic and all this. I still firmly believe all his apathy and and mine stems from comfort level. We're not out being activists because really we're wealthy and enjoy nice lives here. If we were in some ru- Some way short on food, we would be, you know, all outside the food bank chanting, give us more food, you know, Uh, it's it's, activism is is often attached to need, except for those who are the most enthused about making change. And those are some sometimes the people who annoy me, um, but I have to give them full credit for 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 having an issue and being passionate about it. Mike mentioned passion, and it is really important. So when I think of a world without activism, I think of a kind of a shitty George Orwell, nineteen eighty four type world, and uh, I don't think that's one you know I'd want to live in. So I got I have to say activism, activism, activism is good. Activision is bad
0: unless you're a call of duty fan um, all right so uh activism I think I think the word kind of says it all it's a pretty broad topic uh, to me if I just think about the word and its meaning and uh, you know what we used to describe it, it it really is taking action on you know on a set of beliefs and I think in in many cases it's where the message is we're not paying enough attention to a problem that really is um, degrading to our culture. It violates human rights or it causes inequality and injustice. And and Crofton, you know, you know, the point I think is well made that you said, you know, you think of places where this kind of you know, effectively, free speech is is quelled, or you live in that. I don't know. I keep thinking about. I know nothing about Victorian society, but I keep thinking how impolite it and impertinent it is to, you know, speak out against uh, what you perceive to be inequity or 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 a problem that we're not taking seriously. So, um, granted, there are you know because it's kind of like anyone can take up a cause. You know, the I remember being eighteen and. Being that someone at my work was trying to recruit me into the Marxist-Leninist party, and I was kind of, you know, just, I didn't understand what was going on, so I went to a couple of meetings and all that, and I was they just want to hand out newspapers, and they wanted me to knock on doors and, and do things, which I guess is activism, but I, I'm just like, I don't want to do any of this. It's stupid. <laughs> but, um, so there, there, are, there are a lot of stupid beliefs, and it kind of reminds me of, like, bookstores, where there's, like, tons of really bad books, but... It's great that we live in a culture where reading is important and we want to promote that. We have so many books and so many people writing books. The alternative is that we don't have that. So um, I have to say that activism is a good thing. And and certainly if it weren't for activists, there might be issues that I have opinions on that I would never know about. And uh, I think a lot of the, the freedoms and, and things we enjoy today would not be there were it not for the actions of activists of generations past. So maybe maybe I should take up the torch and, and activize something.
1: Man, that, I, those verdicts did not go the way I thought they were going.
2: No, and I was thinking about it. I'm like, I'm like, I still can't believe that I called it bullshit and you guys both <laughs> called it good. And I'm probably the only person who's been to multiple... <laughs> I'm, I've been an activist for multiple causes, and I've marched many times, and and will again, I'm sure. But I guess it's the cynicism I feel around it. But anyways, I know I, I share I that. Cynicism. I agree with everything you guys said too. I share that cynicism
0: um, with you. I understand what you mean.
2: Well, it's it's yeah, the cynicism. I I you know I hate to be a cynic, but often you say like, cynics are also base realists to some degree.
1: Well, folks, that is another show in the books. Um, we have a magic word here. It's one word that you can use to find us wherever you may look on the internet. And that word is Good Bad Bull, uh, all together. Good Bad Bull. And you can contact us, goodbadbull at gmail.com, if you want to reach us by email. And go to our website at goodbadbull.com. Uh, you can find lovely photos of us if you wonder what we, we look like. Spoiler alert, handsome. Um, you can also subscribe to our podcast and we really hope you do. Uh, you can uh, subscribe via RSS feed or on the iTunes store, um, via Stitcher. Uh, you can even tweet at us at GoodBadBull if you want. Speaking of Twitters, I think that uh, uh, the two lovely co-panelists may want to share theirs with you. So I'm going to start with Michael Hodgins. Michael, where can the lovely folks at home reach you?
2: Uh, they can find me out at the uh picket line, uh activizing it against whatever is the uh um topic of the day. I want to protest. Goes or failing sure. that uh, failing that uh on Twitter, I guess, at ML Hodgins. It's funny. I always say that and I'm like, no one knows how to spell my last name, so I'm not gonna get any followers.
1: Well, You know, there's desperate people out there with lots of time on their hands. Um, Let's let's say (laughs) Bo Schwartz. (laughs) He's laughing, but he also has a Twitter account. And honestly, if you're going to follow one of us, I recommend Bo. Bo, what is your Um, lovely handle?
0: Yeah, I'm one of the desperate people out there that will do stupid things like that. Um, And you can find me at Bo Schwartz.
1: Sweet. And, you know, you can go to
0: Uh, our site. If you don't want to figure that stuff out, just go to our website and you'll find links to follow us
1: there. Sweet. Uh, You can follow me at Croft and Steers. So, folks, um, that's another show in the books. And it's historic in the sense that I managed to do a whole episode. That's right. A whole episode. And I'm going to have to listen to this again to be 100% sure where I did not say yeah, no, at least not intentionally. Or well, you said,
2: it, you said it though. That's the problem. You need to have one where you don't even mention it, and then it has to not occur for it to be legit.
1: That yeah yeah no I do. I do. Oh, you just said it. <laughs> what <didn't> I? <laughs> no, oh, did yes, I? No, did I just say it? Ah, yeah, you did. Ah, no! <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Oh, it was so close. God.
2: didn't think it was gonna pop out right there but it did uh, yeah no